0: Let's go now. The Analyst. Say what? All day. The Analyst. The voice of the Vikings. Versage. Hi. Good morning. Good morning, Peter. Very peaceful yesterday watching teams beat up each other. Knowing the team with whom we work is nine and two.
1: Yeah, it was very peaceful. It was a very was a great weekend. You come back right. Thursday, win. You, yeah, you know, you go to the bank on Friday. Yeah, and watch some watch some high school football. I got and saw Holy Angels play Cloquet. And, Did you watch EP? And, no, EP I, I saw it on TV. Did you watch it? Yeah, I watched it on the television. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so congratulations to Jim Gunderson and the Stars for right. uh, for a state championship season and sweet. So yeah, you get the Friday, you know, you get a little high school football Friday, and watch a little little bit of college football on on Saturday. Yeah, a little bit, but you're out in the mall and doing those kinds of things, shopping, and then Sunday, yeah, you sit out and watch everybody else. Very peaceful. Go at it, and you get to pick the games that you want to see. It's it's it,
0: it was great. Yep. If um if the Vikings radio network tandem, you and I, um and or nine to noon, we're full of anxiety uh, because like it's bump and grind every single week just to have a chip chair and chance to maybe get in as a wild card. And we got Atlanta on the horizon and that offense and or team starting to heat up a little bit. I'm in on every play taking notes, but like knowing Atlanta was going to beat Tampa, knowing Atlanta probably held out Devonta Freeman, knowing, you know what? Uh, with the, the concussion related situation, we know we can beat Tampa without him. So let's just go ahead and freshen him a little bit for that, uh, purple and gold thing coming to town in a week mhm it's like let's just rake leaves man let's put up christmas lights let's uh let's let's set up christmas trees and 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 the dressing and, and, check and yeah. the ornaments and everything and just like kind of haphazardly watch it, which is uh, pretty much how yesterday. was.
1: Oh yeah, and then you get to look at the wild card races and see who's got to beat whom to get into the yeah. get into the playoffs. We don't have to worry about yeah refiguring that thing out every hour after <laughs> yeah. the after the noon games. Oh my god, here we hey. go.
0: We gained a half a game and then I yeah. know yeah, it's, hey. it's it's it is nice. You watch Atlanta's nickel blitz and not get home on Ryan Fitzpatrick, and you think to yourself, mm-hmm. Zimmer's nickel would have gotten home. Yeah, he would have gotten there we would have we would have
1: done x y and z. He would never have been that wide open.
0: Okay. Now this is um cart before clichéd cart before proverbial horse related terrorism. Feels like NFC title game at Lincoln Financial. <gasps> oh my gosh, at <gasps> that. But that's too far down the line,
1: right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. That's a little too I think hard. so. I I do Come on. I well, I listen to Nordo's. I listen to Nordo's take and I think that the, uh, well, I'm not me talking about us. I'm talking about them, about Philly finishing the season. But you, you do look at their schedule and say, okay, they've, they've hit the right teams at the right time. And a lot of this, and a lot of what we say is the, is luck. Who would have thought mm-hmm. the NFC East would be the disaster that it is right now between Dallas and the Giants? Right. You know, you would, you would have thought that that division would have had a little bit more in Washington, a little bit more to give Philadelphia, but they really, but they really haven't. So that, NFC, the NFC East is not up for grabs. NFC North, well, we've got that pretty much tied up. The NFC South is showing signs of life, but then New Orleans goes out and and loses to a team we just beat. Uh, And you still have Atlanta and and Carolina wins with what? They win with turnovers. They win with defense. Um, Their offense in, in, in Cam Newton is not what it was, I don't think, even a year ago. So they're finding a way to win. Now that's a that's a team and a staff that's doing a great job trying to figure out and finding ways to win, mm-hmm. right? And then you know you, you spend a minute looking at the AFC and the AFC West is a six and five proposition <laughs> sitting on top. Yep, Lo- just lost a couple games and there aren't a lot of clear uh, clear horses at the moment. But you still have to get through. You still have to get through the season. I think that for Philadelphia, the loss of their left tackle is a bigger deal. Um, my tie is is at, okay as they best. move down the road. Yeah, as yeah. they move down the road. I think anybody that you, you meet You remember with, that with name
0: from last year? I'm a Hama, my tie. You said was it name. 19 I times know. during the game because you nailed it. Yeah. It's like if if for whatever the reason if we're calling a game and you can't get a hold of Brandon Manu Maliuna or Pisa Tino Samoa, yeah. you'll just say the number. But for the H vi tie bit you nailed it and said it 19 times. I, like I can't remember it.
1: It's, in you know, and it's not the, uh... It's those, Hala,
0: Hala... I forget. Hala Puli something Vita. Yeah.
1: Hala Puli Wana Wana uno Wana, 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 Wana <laughs> something Vita. Right? Right. And those names I can get. It's some of the other names that just get me. The ones that are, you know, uh, I do not want to get into it. Yeah, but, like Case Keenum.
0: Well, at like Case Keenum, right. Yeah. I never messed up Case Keenum. Correct. Uh, the uh, The Eagles are at Seattle, at the Rams... At the Giants in succession, then they have the Raiders on Christmas Day, and close the season at home against Dallas. Yeah, they're not going fifteen and one, really. What you talk at at Seattle without Richard Sherman and Cam Chancellor against Wentz, Jeffrey, Ertz, Aguilar, I don't think I don't think Tori Smith, and
1: I don't think that I don't think that is a I don't think necessarily that that's a done deal, okay. and I don't think being in LA is that. Easy of a game either. Okay. You see that field?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's diseased. Yeah, one half, one third full, yeah. tore up. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's, these guys are gonna feel like they're playing. Uh, you know, back in Division Two football. I know, right? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's
0: it's gonna have a different feel to it. Atlanta looked decent. I think our defensive line uh, matches up quite well with their offensive line. Now Matthew's a left tackle, like him. Alex Mack, good center opposite Lindball Hungry. Good luck with that. I, I would guess they would get Devonta Freeman, their best running back, most versatile running back, back for this game. I also think the Vikings will get Mike Remmers back for this game. Um, I think Rashad Hill through three has done well. Um, hasn't either. Get, he's either given up zero pressures or very few. Um, I think the Vikings running game benefits even more with Remmers. So I'm thinking Correct. with the uh, the extra time, Mike got closed last game. Now he got that extra 10 days. So I think Remmers comes back. But um, yeah, you hope so. I mean, it's a 50 mean, game, that, man.
1: That that happened uh his last game was in London. You know, so you wonder how much early in the first quarter. Right, and you wonder so you wonder how much conditioning and how yep. how far off the ball he's going to be with that and it, it's going to take him a little bit to get back. But yeah, we're we're getting healthy. Believe it or not.
0: Smart <laughs> smart football takes with the analyst Pete Bursage at Pete Bursage via Twitter in studio. So how does Mike Zimmer keep quarterbacks off kilter week in and week out? We will address that and more Vikings football next. You're listening to PA. He's pretty dreamy. I'm not going to lie. He's fantastic. On the fan. During the call of the victory over the Motor City Kitties Thanksgiving Day, later in the game, I'd be messing around with the analyst, Pete Burstage, being like, hey, you nervous? Hey, you nervous? Hey, you nervous? It started to get a little goofy, uh, but you were chill. I mean, you're type B by nature, but you were chill and very even keeled. And a lot of it, as you shared on the microphone and subsequently after the game, and I think I saw via Twitter over the weekend, is you just didn't feel Matthew Stafford, one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL one of the most cold-blooded, come-from-behind quarterbacks in the NFL. You didn't feel that he was really on his game for the balance of the entire game. Now, there were a couple of times, specifically one move Golden Tate put on Mackenzie Alexander, where the game was starting to get really goofy. And from slot left, Tate ran by Mackenzie, put about nine feet on him, Stafford overthrew him by ten feet, which is not customary to the way Matthew plays specifically in that building. So the question, how does Zimmer keep quarterbacks off kilter week after week after week? I mean, Deshaun Kaiser is one thing, but the work he did against Jared Goff, Jared ran into a brick wall as one of the hottest quarterbacks in the NFL. Stafford generally doesn't miss the way he was missing Thanksgiving Day how does Zimmer do it i think it depends it depends on the offense and i think it depends a lot on the quarterback
1: i think what you saw versus goff was mastering the timing knowing when knowing that he'll hurry you to the line of scrimmage but he's not going to snap the ball with 15 seconds left on the play clock yep. he's going to let it go down all the way down so the safeties have to be patient they have to keep their eyes on the play clock they got to see what's going on in front of them and they you have to deliberately disguise meaning you can't just you know like line up over here a few feet and then move somewhere. You have to to disguise. You have to know where you're going to be so it looks like something else. Yeah, it's not as if he can look and say, "Well, this isn't right." Right. He he has to look and think that he's getting one thing and he and he's not. Yeah. So I think against the Rams for sure that was a huge part of it. And that 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 chess game, the shell game that went on before the snap. And I think after you watch the Rams for a while, you realize that golf is really good. Down the field, in between the hash marks, around the middle of the field, and that's where the pressure needs to come from as well. Get him, get at him up the middle. Got it. And let him throw all the the fancy, quick stuff on the outside, and we'll rally and tackle it. But the not letting, not tipping your cap per se before the ball snap. That's that's big, and that's most. That's a lot of the safeties, and some of it's the corners. But they make a lot of things look the same. The other thing that they do very well is they disrupt timing, mm-hmm. meaning they're very physical. Which is why we get a lot of holding, illegal contact, those kinds of penalties, and it's like, okay, we'll take a few of those, so that your standard uh, hitch route or your stop route is going, the timing is going to be off. When you see a receiver make a break and the ball is either too soon or too late, that's that's the DB on the outside being physical. Yeah, we're as physical as you can be in this league in this day with our de- with our defensive backs on the outside. We don't like guys just free release. We don't let them just run up the field and then try to cover them the you know they're head up they're head up on these guys almost all the time so a receiver cannot just release and go straight up the field they have to make a move or do something so that there alone just disrupts a lot of the timing and i think with uh with Stafford he, he had the ankle thing when tom johnson fell on it he was inaccurate at different times and i think that the the hits were the the 33 sacks going into the game finally started to get to him he looked like stafford from 2 years ago 3 yep. years ago where you thought first game, early game, you're going to have to play. That second game, he's going to be on the ground 40 times by the time you get there. He's not going to be the same guy, and I think that's that's kind of what I saw. He wasn't scrambling to extend plays, and when he did, there was really nothing there. Nothing really happened. Yeah, there were a couple shots that he missed, and he doesn't normally miss those. He's he's that good, and it just seemed like the whole day his timing was off. Is just That was just my gut feel for it, and they could not run the ball to save their lives.
0: Hey. Okay, so now as a tentacle to that take, I would imagine or I know every defensive coordinator or defensive tactician weekly wants to accomplish exactly what you said by showing one thing, doing something else, not giving tells, not having so-and-so safety linebacker or corner put something on film where tacticians can see it weekly and say, hey, when he leans a little bit this way, 85%, he's coming. Is that what makes Zimmer truly the defensive mastermind and or artist he is by, by being ever-changing and and just changing things up weekly so that it's even more unpredictable? I think so. That's part of it. I, I think the they're good because of
1: how fundamentally sound they are defensively, the defensive line, very, very fundamentally sound group. They work hard. They do the right things. The linebackers, the same thing. And the, so don't, you, can't, you don't want to overlook the basics to the success. Yeah. Um, so the other thing, though, is you have the right players to do that. Because you take a look at Harrison Smith, and when he walks down and lines up on the line of scrimmage on the outside, you look at him and go, okay, he could blitz. They definitely blitz him, send him, or they could drop him deep down the middle. Yep. Or he could rob the. He can do all of that. You can get away, and he's good enough that he can do all those things. So you don't know as a quarterback. As a quarterback, you might line up and see Anthony Harris on the line of scrimmage and think, okay, they're not going to send that guy. Yep. Because blitzing, a most a big part of blitzing is is who are you sending? Yep. They're going to worry about Anthony Barr blitzing. They're going to Eric Kendricks has gotten home a lot more lately, and I think a lot of that is the fact that. They're looking or not not as look they're not looking for him to blitz as much as they do Anthony Barr, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have let's say for example an Anthony Harris lines up there, you're going to think okay he's probably going to drop to the deep middle, you know, But when it's Harrison Smith that you have given those looks, you have to respect yeah. that look. So that's another big part of it is having the right people. And then just from a four man rush standpoint, you've got your problems and your two defensive ends to begin with. So when those guys start walking up in the middle and doing all those other things, you it, what do you what do you stop? What do you take care of? There're too many things. They can line up and make things look like too many things that they've done in the past. Yeah. So the offenses are just a little bit on their heels saying, yeah. "Okay, am I getting this? Am I getting this?" and they got to go to the sideline and look at it. Mm-hmm. it. So that it's it's a little bit of all of that. It's kind of like a magic mix and then calling the right plays at the right time and really guys still have to do their job and make plays, which they do. So it's it's
0: kind of a combo. It's a it's a combo platter. It's not that simple. I don't think. Tell me if you think this is dumb and like being too particular, or if you think it matters. The analyst Pete Bursage in studio. I'd like to see, no matter the game, but I want to see it be a crisp. I want it to be a crisply played game, not some clomp fest where you know case went pear shaped the defense didn't look as good as it's supposed to look, yet all of a sudden, late in the third, early in the fourth, we get hot. And now all of a sudden, it's a closed game. I want it to be a legitimate, crisply played game against a quality team like the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Is it dumb to want to see Case Keenum and the offense down four points with a minute 30 to go and 65 yards to get a TD to win it? Or down two or three And from the 15 or 20, you got to march down the field and put Forbath in a position to tie it. Simply because I'm like trying to construct this thing saying, okay, offense has gotten deep, offense has run well, offense has run rather explosively, defense sacks the quarterback, defense uh, Xavier Rhodes won the game with a pick. We're doing a lot of things situationally that get you ready for the big time. But the one thing we really have not seen is this quarterback and this offense Having to come from behind, very late to tie it or win it, and if
1: that happens, I think it's gonna be a it's gonna be one of those lower scoring games. I don't know if we're gonna really have a shootout, so to speak. I mean, the defense would really have to have a rough day for it to be a shootout. Yeah, you're right. You, you it's funny that you say that because you think about all the games that we've won and you haven't had necessarily that moment where, you, like you said, you're down. You need you need to get some points on the board. Those moments have occurred, but they've occurred earlier. Yeah. In games, not right at the end. And We're you know, either killing teams right, or and, holding on. And you know in the playoffs you're gonna get that kind of a game. Right. And can you prepare for that? Or it, God, you can't I mean you if you're lucky enough, if it happens, then yeah. But oh my god, it, it's they're it's nice to see they just take care of business before that and not have to get to that point. But it would it, yeah, I, I don't I don't say Winning a game's final We'll take it no matter what. And if we're going to paint a picture and say this is how we want one to win, yeah, we'd love to see that happen. I'd love to see even a two-minute drive right before the half because that's very similar as well. Yeah. But uh, a, yeah. Two minute, a two-minute a two minute drive on the road, you know, crowd noise, the whole thing to, to, to silence the crowd and to yeah. win a football game. It, I would hope it would be a 14-17-14 proposition instead of a 35-32
0: but yeah, you you would like to you'd like to see our offense have to do that. This will be the off season a topic, and I don't really get into it much now because a it's too hypothetical, b it's too speculative. But you know, once this whole thing's done, the Vikings have to figure out their twenty eighteen quarterback situation: Keenum, Bridgewater, Bradford, all free agents. Maybe they'll sign Case and Teddy for next season. You know, like good quarterbacks are in the neighborhood of $18, 20, 23000000 million a year. And these big old fat $160, $170, 180000000 million deals. If there was a way you could get Keenum and Bridgewater for like a combined 20 to 24 and then you have those two basically for the price of, of what Kirk Cousins will go for next year, I think that's pretty cool, don't you? I do. I think um,
1: the big question is going to be what, what can Teddy or what will Teddy command in the open market? Yeah. How so for him to get on the field and get some playing time would be awesome for him. Um however, if he doesn't get on the field much, if at all, the rest of this year, that question mark is still going to be there and that that's in the Vikings favor. Because who is going to step up and offer Teddy starting money when there's too much and there's so many question marks, right?
0: Yeah. So I don't see that happening. Yeah. So then you pay case for what he does and how Teddy well. Feels how well like- Teddy feels like a five, six, seven, max eight to me. Yeah,
1: it it depends. It could be a friendly type structure where if you play X amount, or you do this amount, we can just tear it up and redo it and yeah. have a new one. So that yeah. protects him on the long side in case he does do very well, because mm-hmm. the team doesn't want to throw a bunch of money at him in case it goes the other way. Yep. Yeah. And they're on the hook for twenty ten million for a guy who can't play. So let's just yeah let case play out and see how he does the rest of this season. Yep. Yeah where we go, how far he takes us and and I think Bradford's kinda in the same boat is what what is his status? What happened? What was the procedure? Not that we're ever gonna know, but is he ever going to be good again? And then that that's the problem as you go into the off season is the team will make some moves and you don't know whether or not they're brilliant moves because of X, Y, and Z, or did they do this because of medical reasons. You just you'll just never know. So I think medically
0: that situation will will, will pan itself out as much as it does on the field from nine and two you can micromanage the biatch like we did with, oh, yeah. me, with me talking about the uh the keenum come from behind bit let me ask you this you're an elite football mind what are some things the vikings are doing well now that concern you a little bit down the road in other words hey feeling's always open mm. well when, when we are in a high leverage situation week two of the postseason or nfc title game at lincoln financial He's not going to be this open. So, you, what are some things that are seamless or, or seemingly effortless at this moment mm. that should concern you a little bit down the road? God, that's that's a tough one. I think um, if there ain't nothing, I'll ask I, you, know, you
1: again next week. We'll I'm, try just gonna again. Say, I'm just going to say that, that, to try to speculate on that. I um, I want to see our, our, our keep our see our running game continue to be as. As powerful as it is, right? Okay, that's a good. One. Uh, I think Latavius Murray has had some big runs. I like to see that continue. Jarek McKinnon that continue. Yep. Um, like to see if a team can shut us down on the ground, but it it's the threat of Diggs and Thielen and Rudolph and yep. those guys that help with the running game. But that's the one, I think that's the one thing is yep. is, is the running game, and um, that would be the yeah. That's the only thing I'd really be worried about. But those five guys up front are doing so well. The tight ends are blocking really well. I mean. It it's a, it's a god you know you have to kind of scratch
0: for that though that's a good question analyst which defensive player can the Minnesota Vikings least afford to lose hmm wow and I ain't talking for the season but I mean we've gone through years where like is ball in is ball out is Harry in is Harry out is Bar in is Bar out toe this toe that where they got this like lingering thing where they're not who we expect them to be weekly, even though they play, or they mispractice and you have to sweat it up to the inactives every Sunday? I would think either Kendricks or Barr. And I say that
1: only because we have depth at defensive line and we have depth at safety and corner. They have... Coached a lot of depth back there. Yeah. Anthony Harris playing very well. That's a very defensive good line. They have a lot of depth. Yep. Ben Gedeon has played not a ton, but that would be he would be the next guy in. And oh, by the way, if you go base, who's coming in? So I think that's that's kind of the one position where we could least afford something.
0: Are you a Matt Ryan fan? I like Matt Ryan. Like he's okay. Ryan. What do you like about him, and how does he match up <clears> against <throat> us? He's you know he's a
1: smart quarterback. I think again for us the deep down the field game and I th- he depends a lot on the running game the play action and having some having a defense have to respect the ground game so he can get deep uh but he's very smart very accurate yep. uh has you know Sanu and and uh the other guy just they're
0: unbelievable Julio Julio Jones excuse me yeah, Sanu Julio. and Julio Jones they they're Honey, Sanu threw a touchdown pass to Julio Jones yesterday. Yeah, it's it's just how they just make. They call it, up it a, the wild bean. The wild. Bean. And Sanu, who went to Rutgers, I mean, I'll have this ready for the game calling depth chart Sunday. Top of the head, I think he was quite the accomplished high school quarterback. So like Jarius Wright was too in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. But I mean, as a former coach, how how much like how little do you have to put into that? But just kind of in cursory fashion, no. Hey. If Sanus back there, he can throw the ball. He, right, he, he was recruited to be a quarterback, then went to receiver. Hey, if Jarius Wright goes in motion and stops, you know, I know he's been in the league five, six, seven years, whatever it is, but he can throw the ball. Right, they do, they do scout
1: that, and I think the DB coaches spend more time on that than anyone. They know they want to know any running backs and receivers that can throw. Yeah, and so and they bring that up and they let them know. So yeah, you look at they look at that a lot every week. They try to get a report and say, yeah, this kid was. If you, so if Sanu was a quarterback in high school, mm-hmm. and he's the guy motioning in, and they they throw the you know they throw the the reverse to him or the toss to him, yeah, the wild the front bean. the front side corner needs to know that they the receiver in front of him, yeah, Roddy White, whomever may not be blocking him, right? He might be heading deep, so you have to play it honestly. So, yeah, those those things happen. Running backs, too, they want to know who can throw the football. If he's left-handed, if he's right-handed, because if he's left-handed, they're going to throw it a toss to our right yeah. the other way. So, yeah,
0: all those things come into play. Uh, last one. Your thoughts on the work Pat Shermer has done with the Vikings offense this year, um, which is leading to mm-hmm. a second part of the question. He's a fantastic
1: job because of the balance that I right. get. He does it through... Uh, I, I may mean, I look at him from a, for, through a defensive lens and think, my God, it's every personnel group. It's every possible formation. He throws it all at you, and he does it very quickly. And when he gets you on the ropes, he likes to keep that ball moving and keep snapping.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, mobile quarterback, so the bootlegs and those kinds of things are all in mm-hmm. play. You can't just, a team, a defense has not been able to just pin us down to a three-wide, five- or seven-step drop-back type offense. Like, we've been behind, let's say, for by three touchdowns, and we've got to just throw the football. Yep. A defense hasn't been able to do that. We've been able to do that to other offenses, but they, no one's been able to do that to us.
0: And why I bring it up in closing is, if things continue to flow smoothly, offensively, I mean, shoot, the Vikings have 1265 yards and 12 touchdowns the last three games. Mm-hmm. I mean, this thing is it, it, it's it's flowing very smoothly. <laughs> Shermer, former head coach won nine games with Cleveland over two seasons. I you know, I wonder if Pat will be considered a head coaching candidate absolutely after the season given there might be seven, eight or nine openings. Absolutely. You know what I mean? If we do you take a
1: look at what he's done here with a backup quarterback, bringing in those free agent tackles cuz one uh, a team that's looking to hire a coach will look at the body of work. So yeah, some of it might be Rick Spielman, some of them but his offense, he's he's look at his look at his wide receivers. His, one of his best wide receivers was an undrafted free agent. Right. You've got a fifth round guy on the other side. Yeah. Your only first round pick was your tight end. Right. Everybody else, Jerry is, I mean, he's doing these things with guys, Remmers and Reef and Elf line, the draft pick. He's built this offense with a lot of people you didn't expect. That's the kind of stuff I think they look for in a, in a head
0: coach. My man, have a good week. See you over the weekend. Thank you. You Pete, too. Pete Bursich, analyst Vikings Radio Network, at Pete Bursich via Twitter. What's up with the Wild? Let's call Michael Russo next. You're listening to PA. They're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Leaving his arms. Bear-chested. Somebody stop look that man. Here comes on the fan.